Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Sheetloaf the Comedian. <laughs> My absolute favorite and entertaining powerhouse, and I can't wait for y'all to become acquainted. Uh, we have a great episode for you this week, and I can't wait for you to listen to it. Before we get started, if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash cultpodcast. If you are a fan of Paige and you are in the Los Angeles area, you will not want to miss Horror Virgin Live. Paige, tell them about it. Horror Virgin Live, September 24th, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. Uh, if you haven't seen Horror Virgin Live yet... Uh, Horror Virgin Live is super fun because we do a bunch of different segments and games. It's interactive and fun. We have special guests coming. It is going to be a blast. So if you are a Horror Virgin fan and you are relatively close to Los Angeles, please come out. Flappers has good parking and good food. And it's at 5 p.m. on the 24th, which is a Sunday, which means that even if you have to drive a little bit of a ways, you have time to get back for work on Monday. So... Please come out and see Horror Virgin Live. Tickets are available now, uh, but we do have limited quantities, so buy them early so you can make sure that you get seats. Uh, We love you so much. Bye. Yeah, and I will be there too, not in the audience, but like um, a Phantom of the Opera-style figure making everything go wrong for them. Oh, no! I'm going to get one of them killed by one of the flight thingies. And I also, <laughs> I know none of you have probably been to Flappers, but it's even funnier to us because there is no, like, the wings. I would just be, yeah. I would you, be, like, be holding around on. and very visible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's an absolutely great time. I've seen Horror Virgin Live a bunch at uh, uh, Panic Fest, and uh, you are not going to want to miss it. It is such an absolutely bonkers fun show. Um, and speaking of bonkers and fun shows, if you want to listen to another podcast, may I recommend Rooster Teeth Podcast? I made it a boat noise. It's kind of a donkey. It's Eeyore now. Aw, thanks for noticing. The Rooster Teeth Podcast is a real fun show. We got sketches, we got games, we got regular podcast parts. It is a fun time where me and my best buds every week just try to make each other laugh, and I cannot tell you how fun it is to make. Um, so go ahead and check it out. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, or you can watch the free video version on the Rooster Teeth site. Uh, and segments also come out um, on the Rooster Teeth YouTube channel. But you want to see the full thing. I feel like I feel like not, a people, not enough people know that the start of the podcast is a fully produced short, like a sketch yes. every mm-hmm. single week. Uh, and I post those on my Instagram, so you can go check those out at Mondo Does Stuff um, on Instagram. Anyway, go check out those things. Hope to see you at Horror Virgin Live. Kind of, I won't physically be there, but my presence will. And uh, yeah, I love you so much. And without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. Dun 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 dun. Hello. I'm trying to be the Phantom of the dun, Opera. Dun dun dun. Hello. <laughs> For the 
purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us, we have giant bugs from the heat. Oh, nice. Love that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, I saw um, I saw a tarantula. You eating. saw one. I saw a tarantula eating a cockroach this weekend. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know where to side with that one. Uh, yeah. It was a lot like watching Freddy versus Jason where you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. Pedipalps <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I, hate, I hate both of you, but I'm kind of glad you're the one dying, I think, maybe. Ooh. I think. I think. Uh oh man, was it like outside, like away from buildings, or was it like okay? No, so, <laughs> uh, so my partner came to visit uh-huh. Austin, and mm-hmm. um, we rented an Airbnb because they brought their dog, and uh-huh. uh, my building basically was like if you're gonna have a dog in your apartment for a weekend or for a week rather you're gonna need to get the yearly dog deposit and i was like okay i'll um, make a yearly dog deposit <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> on your fucking porch motherfuckers yeah if i'm paying that much then i'm gonna take a shit in the dog park all right i yeah. i don't give a fuck so uh we got an airbnb um it was actually really funny because you've seen the movie Barbarian, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It was I, a I lot, loved it. <laughs> it was a lot like that where the photos of the place were really nice. And then we got to the neighborhood and we're like, oh, <laughs> Ooh. oh. I mean, that was like when I was in Austin, I stayed in a La Quinta Inn in a terrible neighborhood. And I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize Austin could have bad neighborhoods. Like I like I should have known it's a city. All cities have bad neighborhoods. <laughs> And I was like, yikes. Oh, no. Yeah, we were already pretty on edge uh, just regularly based on the like the people that stared at us as we like packed our stuff into the Airbnb as like we got out. Like the neighbors just kind of stood there and watched us and we were like, oh, we're going to die. <laughs> I didn't know they made them that big. Oh, oh no (laughs) yeah it was not a it was not like a super like awesome feeling but Mm -hmm. uh anyway we were staying in an airbnb and one of the nights we had like come home um and we were walking into the pathway to like get to the front door and uh my partner stepped over something and i looked down and they had almost stepped on a tarantula that was doing something and i saw it and i went and like a cartoon character jumped over it and onto the other side and then sprinted to the door and was trying desperately to like hit the code oh, uh, oh. but I didn't know the code so I was actually making it worse oh no uh, and so while they put in the code I turned around and realized what it was doing and uh, saw it like just sort of eating I think eating. I don't know what tarantulas eat. I thought it was humans. And so uh, 
I saw it eating a cockroach and it was the most disgusting, disturbing thing I ever saw. Um, we also, this is not like TMI, I promise. But like, I was, I like freaked out and was like, you got to put in the code. You got to put in the code. And they were like, uh, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing, nothing. Go, go, go. Um, and then we got afterwards, they were like, kind of like in a mood. And I was like, Hey, is something wrong? And they were like, when we were outside and you were upset and I asked what's wrong and you said nothing, it felt a little bit dismissive. And I was like, <laughs> there was a tarantula <laughs> eating, eating a, a cockroach. cockroach. <laughs> and if, the, if you, and I was like, I want to be clear. If you saw that and I was blissfully unaware of it, don't tell me about it. I never want to know. And uh, moving forward, it was very funny because they were like, "Had they seen it? Like, did no. they know? They no. just blissfully unaware." Ooh. Yes. Oh, that would have been worse for me. Oh no. See, okay, now I'm realizing that not everyone is like me, and so now when I see this disgusting bug, uh, vampire orgy, I have to like inform them that it's going on. But the flip side is, if I need I, to know from a safe distance. Yes, but if I if I if I wasn't aware of it and you knew don't tell me i don't want to know i want to lie to myself in denial and live in a place where there are no bugs i hate bugs so much i here's my <sighs> thing my head's on a swivel i'm always looking for bugs it's that's my personal anxiety i know other people look for other things for me bugs and spiders so if you don't tell me i'm still gonna find out like i'm gonna see it I like mm -hmm. I I'm, there's no way I miss it. And so you telling me is at least giving me a heads up so I can get out of the way. But also, if there was a tarantula that close to the home, I'd be like, well, I can't go inside now because yeah. I'd have to pass it. And I, 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 I can't do it. No, I'm proud of myself for being able to pass it because what I did was I just, again, I like a cartoon character saw it and went Ugh! and like jumped up in the air and somehow went forward instead of just straight up and onto it. Uh, and I freaked out. I hate, but man, dude, a couple of weeks ago, or, or I think a week ago now, I don't know, time is uh, really fucking with my brain. Um, I got in my car and I turned it on and I was trying to put music on, on my phone and the light flashed and I saw that on me was, uh, like a cockroach inside oh, of God. my car. Oh no. Oh my yeah. God. And I made the world's least attractive sound ever. <laughs> I, it, it was, it was like a mix of fear, anger, disgust, and like, I would say the pure essence of cowardice, like where all cowardice in humanity comes from. I tapped into that in our shared uh, sort of like connected existence. And I, I can't recreate the noise, but it was along the lines of, Ooh! it was, uh, and it echoed throughout the entire parking structure that I was oh. in. Oh, we, so we bought a house, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I hadn't really thought about uh, is that houses have backyards and like trees and stuff around them. And unlike an apartment where like our apartment complex was just in the middle of the fucking city, like, you know, so far from nature. Um, but one of the first things we did was get an extermination company because I was like, I'm pretty sure this old house has bugs in it. So they've been coming out regularly. 
But what they tell you is they're like, hey, right after we spray, you'll probably see some shit because it's like coming out. And I'm just like, okay, how bad could it be? So the first couple times they sprayed, I saw a cockroach. My cat chased a baby cockroach into the living room and killed and ate it because my cat is a fucking assassin. Mm-hmm. Like, and we'll just like smash things and then just eat them anyway. Uh, then I saw a bigger cockroach in the hallway and my reaction was to go, nope, 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 no, no, no. And just like shout no in the middle of the hallway at three in the morning until my husband woke up and was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> other adult in this house. <laughs> like, what is going? So the other day we've had them come out and spray again because it's been hot and we're and we've had them spray more than normal because we're like. It's hot. Stuff's getting in the house. Please come spray. We're standing in the kitchen and we have just hung these really cool like vintage wall hangings and stuff that I thrifted while I was away. Mm -hmm. And I'm like looking at them on the wall and there's something next to them. And I'm like, what Mm. is that? And I shit you not. It was roughly the size of a fucking mouse. Mm. Like. Ma- it is the biggest cockroach I have ever seen in my entire life. And I have been to the tropics. Like I, I could not. And Jake just said, I need you to leave the room now and I will take care of this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I heard, I, I heard a battle happen in the other room. And, and then of course we like looked to see if there were anything, any others, if we could find any, we have not seen another single one since like it clearly had come in from the outside or whatever, but he, it sounded like the mission impossible six fight with Henry Cavill was going on in my kitchen. (laughs) And then he was like, okay, you can come back in. And he had like a grocery store trash bag with the remains in it. So, um, yeah get, oh your, get yourself a jake i swear i was like no oh god no and i was like was it and he was like yes and you don't need to see it you're i i it's dead i was like okay it, it has been done i love it has that been done i love that because like i said when i saw the cockroach on me i made the most cowardice child like noise that you could make oh. Uh, and then I opened on me, my, I would lose my fucking mind. I, I would lose my, I fucking hated it. I wanted to die. I opened my door and I went boom and launched it off. And you know me, I cannot kill bugs. I'm terrified. It made me so like primal angry that I got a running start, jumped up in the air and slammed down on the cockroach because <laughs> I was so upset. And then it took me like a couple minutes to calm down. But I realized if I had not tried to like turn on fucking music, it would have just gotten up to my face while I was driving. And yeah, into into (laughs) my brain. But if I if I had been driving and noticed it, I'd be dead. You'd crash I'd, the car, yeah. I'd be fucking dead. I wouldn't. I, and I would. And I would welcome death. I would welcome death after having it touch my skin. Uh, <laughs> my my thing is, thank God I haven't seen any fly because they do fly. Mm. Yep. Yep. yep, yep Especially yep, yep, yep. when it gets really hot, and, and yep. we haven't seen any fly. I was when I was in Texas. I did see a, a fucking giant ass cockroach on the sidewalk. Um, and almost texted a picture of it to Blaine to be like, you said there were no giant tarantulas just to like <laughs> misidentify it. Uh, but then I would have had to get too close to it and I didn't want to do that. And so I ran away. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing you can do 
when confronted by um one of satan's minions is to Mm -hmm. just run just run turn turn away from the devil if it's in your car just exit the car slowly lock the keys or lock the door and then leave the car on top the keys on top of the car because it's no longer yours it belongs belongs to the the cockroach now Mm -hmm. yes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah just just run i hate bugs and if you like if you're out there and you like bugs fuck you all right fuck you i hate you (laughs) I, 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 I hope that they fucking, I hope you get whatever you want out of these bugs. Like when they take over the world, you get to be their fucking like fan person, like with a literal <laughs> fan fanning the cockroaches. I hate Or bugs. you have to run around in their cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tables have turned and I'm huge. <laughs> Lick up this piece of grated cheese on the kitchen floor, minion! Yeah, somewhere there's an alternate reality where cockroaches are the dominant species, and one of them woke up at 3 a.m., went to their kitchen, and saw me there, and just went, <laughs> and they went, oh, no, 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 no. Nope, no, 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 nope, nope, nope. Yeah, um, we also have a family of possums. Oh, that's okay. I like possums. Yeah, the possums have moved into our backyard and we watch them and we've given them names uh, and are like, and I think this one's dating that one. And this one's name is Lester. (laughs) You have fucking TMZ for possums. (laughs) Yeah, well, and because we gave them names, we're like, George Jones is in the backyard again. We're like, oh. See, that's the, that's the thing that I find uh, at least a little bit lucky for me is I've put all of my fear tokens into bugs. And so I am not afraid of bats. I'm not afraid of I birds. I love bats. Not afraid of any kind of rodent, uh, mice, rats, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, I can do love rodents, them. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love them all, but a bug can fucking die. I bugs hope and it- spiders can fucking die. And like Jake can handle bugs and spiders. But he can't do snakes. And I'm like, give me all the snakes. Give me all I the snakes. I think snakes are cool as fuck. Yeah. I would, if it wasn't for, if it, okay. If it wasn't for the fact that I have so many other things going against me in terms of being a likable person, I would be a snake guy. Oh, okay? 100%. If I was a normal human being, uh, I would I would become a snake guy and take that one hit to my personality. But you cannot oh, be... Yeah. You cannot be a snake guy and a stand-up comedian with a true crime podcast. That's <laughs> yeah, too many red too flags. Many, too many people start looking for skeletons, like literal skeletons <laughs> yeah. under your home. Um, but do you remember, there was a time, this is like three years ago or so now, during pandemic when we were still trying to figure out remote recording, we were like, okay, we'll get an office. And we were like, we could get an office snake. Yeah. <laughs> because we were both like, we could be snake people. <laughs> yeah, because snake people is so much better than snake guy. Right? It transcends. Right? It's better than. Yes, we can name him something cool like Trouser. It would be great. <laughs> or George Jones. Or like George the Jones. That was Jake. Jake named the possum George Jones. George Jones, and then I don't remember his wife's name. Uh, but Georgina, then Georgina. Georgina no, Jones. She, she has like a different name. I don't remember. And Jake might overhear me saying this and text it to me. So I will update you if I get that information. But then they have like a smaller baby one. uh, And then there's a medium one that I named Lester after Lester's possum park. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. the whole family of possums. I fucking love it. And I wish Texas was filled with more possums and raccoons. I ain't seen a goddamn raccoon since I've been here. And it bums me Uh, out. Kim Possible. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) 
impossible. Call me, screech me, if you want to reach me, if you yeah. want to eat our trash, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call me, screech me, if you want to play dead. Kim Possible. <laughs> okay i'm coming around that rocks all i was saying though was i've been in texas for two months now i ain't seen a single goddamn raccoon and i i miss i miss i miss raccoons so much because you would just see them you would you used to be able to look out your window and see a raccoon staring back at you like a goddamn sleep paralysis demon in los angeles (laughs) that's true i i saw a raccoon when i was in austin (sighs) oh Uh, because I, I drove through like a residential residential neighborhood kind of later at night to get to a Whataburger only to find out that they did not have Dr. Pepper shakes. Mm. Um, and I saw one kind of like behind a trash bin and I was mm. just like, hey, friend. Um, but that was it. God, I miss them. I miss them yeah. so much. Well, anyway, speaking of Austin, Texas, you were here uh, I was for there. RTX. Correct. Um, where we covered a special Austin, Texas-based cult that we are now going to cover for the rest of the fan group, who um, I was going to say was, wasn't was lucky enough to be in Austin, but I would say yeah. was lucky enough to be not in the Austin heat. <laughs> to hopefully be air-conditioned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was... It was ass hot i at one point i just texted my mother i was like it's too hot for god here like Mm -hmm. like god doesn't exist in texas it's too hot it's just no i see why barbecue is so popular here because if you wear a pair of sweatpants you are also smoking your meats hey oh (laughs) hey hey, getting that char on them i need to see a doctor (laughs) my skin is scaly or maybe it's smoke (laughs) um yeah, it was bad, although thrift game on point. I mm. nailed my antiquing. Um, but typically when we do live shows, we're able to record them so that we can release the actual live show audio after. And we weren't able to do that this time. Um, maybe for the best. I don't know, because I made the slides and some of them were better than others. <laughs> I like your slides. I think that your Photoshop skills are pretty good. Um, I will. I'll talk about the worst slide when we get to it and describe it. I I won't post it because I don't know who the performer is in the slide. And so I feel like I don't really have permission to do so. I think that's fair, but I also think we should post it because it's my favorite picture we've ever included. <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, when we get to it, we, we can tell the story of uh, how it came to be and how I uh, got it approved by you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so let's, let's dig into it. Um, Let's go over our sources uh, first and foremost. Today we're talking about the Saint-Germain Foundation. Uh, so we are using uh, the SaintGermainFoundation.org and Supreme Court filings from the United States versus Ballard 322 U.S. 788-1944. We are using the Mighty I Am cult led by Guy Ballard from Los Angeles Magazine written by Joshua Tompkins in 1997. And we are using the Encyclopedia of Occultism and Parapsychology um, by Gordon J. Melton. And we will cover Gordon J. Melton in just a bit. Uh, He's included because this group in particular is very frustrated by him. And so we'll talk about it. So uh, first and foremost, how did I find this group, right? 
So anytime we do a live show, one of the first things I look at for like what we're going to cover at that live show is, is there a cult nearby? Like, is there somebody local or related to the place somehow, even just tenuously, that could make it kind of fun because you're in the place and the cult's there? Maybe there's something there. So I hit the internet and it's tough if you search for like cults in Austin or cults in Texas to find anything that's not like drive to Waco, <laughs> like it's, um, which by the way, uh, after the live show, your coworker drew and his fiance informed me that there is a second cult out in the same area that has a cheese cave that next time I have to go visit clearly. So thank you, Drew, for that. Yeah, I this same coworker, Drew, uh, was just in Waco for a film festival that was yes. going on, um, but has talked about Waco and tried to convince me and other people to go to Waco so much that I am starting to suspect that he is in a cult in Waco and is trying to get us out there. I mean, I've been, right? I've been to Waco. Mm-hmm. Um, we should absolutely go to Waco. Mm. It's it's great fun. I like I'm dead serious. Mm. There there is enough to do there. There is barbecue there. There's the Dr. Pepper Museum. Okay, well, see th- now that's enough to get me to go out there. <laughs> And they have Dr. Pepper floats. It's like part of the museum tour. Yeah. Dr. Pepper float, if you've never tried it, is um, proof of existence of a higher power, if that yeah. makes any sense. It's proof God loves us and wants us to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, there's a nearby Bucky's, so you can stop at Bucky's on the way. Ooh. Um, yeah. It's, no, Waco's a good time for like two days, I would say. <laughs> but I also didn't know there was a cheese cave, so like maybe three days. Mm. Um. Yeah, so we should we should go. The next time we figure out a time for me to be in Texas, we should go to Waco. What's that fucking movie where those people, uh, The Descent, where they go into the cave and they're attacked by those like mutant creature uh-huh. things? I want that to happen, but in the cheese cave, and they're just like made out of cheese curds. And then, like, we spend most of the movie terrified of them and running, and then we taste one of them, and then we get a taste for the cheese monster. Yes. And then we become the monsters ourselves. Yes. Yes, and that the people that were chasing us were just tourists who got too into the cheddar. Yeah, they were just pale. Lost to the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we find deposits of, like, marinara running (laughs) It was actually, well, back when it was covered by ocean, it was part of the marinara trench. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me. I've been going through all of my clothes since we moved to, like, throw stuff out and put stuff away, finally, or whatever. And I forgot that I had a shirt that just says legalized marinara. <laughs> That's... I, was, I was like, people, I paid taxes. <laughs> people trusted me with a mortgage. That's really good. Oh, maybe we should go to Olive Garden today. Ooh. My, see, this is this, I don't, okay. We can move past it. It's not important. But my, when my partner was here, they were telling me like, you know what I want to do? I want to go to all those places like Chili's and Applebee's I love and them. Outback. I love them. Because like I never got to go as a kid and I, I don't know what the, all the hype is about and I'm sure they're not very good, but I'd love to go. And I was like, you had me at Chili's. I'm yeah, dude. You always have me at Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> all, you, all you have to be is like, you just have to think about Chili's and I appear like a fairy that's like, you want to go to Chili's? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know what all this fucking like. I it's it's got to be one of these things where like it's just in the zeitgeist right now because you're like you three have been the third or fourth people to tell me we got to go to Chili's. Have you never been to a Chili's? No, I've been to a Chili's plenty okay. of times. I just don't know why everyone recently has been like, "Ooh, Chili's, Olive Garden," like these like chain restaurants. I don't, know. I don't I mean, know. I guess people I are never always stopped. going to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking- never stopped. Uh, Danielle Perez, who is in the most recent Spider Verse movie, A Sun Spider, go see it. Um, she and I have like a standing Olive Garden appointment where we like go to lunch to like hang out and catch up. We could go anywhere. We never do. We always go to Olive Garden. <laughs> it's good. I mean, when you're there, you're family. And sometimes there, that's, family. that's important. I took you to a chain restaurant when we were in Austin. We we drove 20 miles to go to a Cracker Barrel. Yeah. And if that had been in Los Angeles, I would have told you to go fuck yourself. But here in the great state of, of Texas, 20 miles is 20 minutes. Yeah, it was not bad. Um, yeah, I, I, here's the thing. I don't want all restaurants to be chain restaurants because then good restaurants would go away because none of these are truly good, but damn it. If I don't love a appetizer combo, like nonsense, like I'm going to be in San Diego in August and I have already texted my friend that I'm going to be staying with. And I was like, we need to have a fat kid day where we just go to Chili's and order whatever we want. And he was like, absolutely we do yeah that's the beauty of doordash is for me every day is a fat kid day (laughs) anyway live show i was looking for a group that occurred locally and i ended up on reddit um just regular ass reddit uh where someone had asked are there any small cults near texas like not (laughs) not David Koresh, like, what are the small, tiny ones we don't know about, right? And one of the posts by user Thick Value Thirty Fifteen, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh, mentioned this group and said, in Austin, there is a a building for the San Germain Foundation. You should look them up. By the way, in case you, like me, are also anti-French, um, to us Americans in our uncultured... Saint Germain. Yeah, in our uncultured... Yeah, exactly. It's It would be pronounced and spelled Saint Germain. But Saint Germain. We kept yeah. pronouncing it during the live show as Saint-Germain. Saint-Germain. I think what it is... I think that's actually... It's what it's supposed to be, maybe, mm-hmm. but... Or... Because these are just people in Texas, and you know how Texas pronounces French things, it's probably Saint Germain. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, over by Papillion. Yeah, yeah, uh. you know them stupid French always smoking them cigarettes and their baguette. Baguettes, call it bread. It's just <laughs> damn bread, Pierre. <laughs> oh, anyway, let's let's dive into who these people are. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, uh, the founder of the Saint Germain Saint Germain Foundation is Guy Warren Ballard. Uh, we had slides for this, but I just I feel like the descriptor still holds. Guy looks like a homeschooled vampire. Mm-hmm. Take from that what you will, because that's the most accurate thing I could say about him. Um, he looks like he was a side character on the Munsters. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was fucking. 
fucking crazy hairline. That's what I was actually, I think that's exactly what I was going to say is he looks like the extended family from the Adams family. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's the Adams cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's the Adams family value meal, if we will. Like <laughs> the- if they were making McDonald's toys, he's the one that you're like, I'm just trying to get Morticia. Why do I keep getting cousin guy? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Adams. F- at, what was it? Adam's family thick value meal. Thick value 3050. Mm-hmm. I believe that I claimed that thick value was my stripper name, uh, which I still think is a great, <laughs> great stripper name for working the midday with the buffets. Um, if there's chicken wings, I'll I'll take my top oh, off. Let's go. <laughs> my God. And if you go in the champagne room, there's literally more bang for your buck. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, homeschooled vampire, um, he was born in Newton, Kansas, July 28th, 1978. Terrible time to live and be born. Uh, mm-hmm. as we have covered on this show, many, if your birth year starts with an 18, get fucked. Uh, it's, it's going to suck for you. Uh, it sucked for everybody. Um, now, we don't know a ton about his younger life. We don't really know about siblings or, or other things so much. Uh, one of the first air quotes facts we have about him is that he married his wife, Edna, in 1916. Um, now, interesting to note, uh, a lot of the information that we have about his background comes from the St. Germain, Saint Germain Foundation and their hagiography um, but even they don't have information about some things. So we get bits and pieces here and there. The only other person to provide some of that additional information was Gordon J. Melton. Uh, and if you go to the St. Germain Foundation Wikipedia, there's a whole pair. It's one of the most egregious Wikipedias I've ever seen where it has that banner at the top where it's like, this needs editing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is, we can't trust this. Um, but there's a whole paragraph that's like Gordon J. Melton called us a cult, but he didn't even participate in one of our activities. <laughs> and I was like, wow, called out. Yeah, I also remember that we discovered that they use language in the Wikipedia page, which indicates that it was written by them themselves. It was, yes. <laughs> yeah, not Guy, because he he passed away. Uh, long before Wikipedia, but it was it was written by the group, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure discount fucking Ed Munster or whatever died because he was born in the 1800s page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's somewhere playing a creepy organ. He's not uploading open source code. Um, so, but yeah, the Wikipedia has sections that's like he never pr- participated in one of our meetings. Like they'll use words like our or we, and you're just like. Guys, third person this shit. Like, what are you doing? Um, tough. Uh, now, so he marries his wife, Edna, in 1916. We have a little bit more information about his wife. Oddly enough, she was born in 1886 in Burlington, Iowa. So they are uh, about eight years apart. Um, and she was a concert harpist. Uh, up until 1912, which might explain why she was unmarried that old at this time. Um, because she marries Guy in 1916, uh, because she is literally 30. And I think she had limited choices 
at the time because it's 1916 and they're like she's practically a grandma by now <laughs> uh so she and guy get married now he is also older as well so they are kind of the older couple on the block because they're in their 30s um and shortly after they got married guy went away to fight in world war one which is crazy because he was 38 at the time and I'm 35 and I ain't fighting no fucking wars. Like yeah, I, I won't even fight to use a coupon at a place. <laughs> like I, you couldn't get me. To, I didn't even fight that cockroach. I had to call in reinforcements for my 38 year old husband who had to do battle with the cockroach. So anyway, he makes it home from war. Uh, which is amazing because so many people died in World War One. World War One conditions were fucking dire. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an understatement to say a lot of people died. In a World lot of people War died. I. A lot of people, uh, like from all over the world. I think that's why they called it World War. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was bad. Uh. So he makes it back though. He makes it back, and upon returning from the war. He becomes a mining engineer, uh, which we thought was fun because the last time we did a live show was the guy who made people drink bleach. And he was also a mining engineer. Yeah. Which makes me think that maybe that's a fake job and anybody could be a mining engineer. Well, okay. The guy who invented the Miracle Mineral Solution, TM, 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 he was um, not necessarily a mining engineer as much as he was... an unlicensed unprofessional treasure hunter uh, treasure hunting wow treasure hunting for my love <laughs> and if you'll remember he even we realized that he even had like his own shitty version of the indiana jones get up yes that's right but it was all white he looked like the guy from jurassic park oh yeah leave it to the guy who drank a bunch of bleach to keep pristine white clothing uh, guy did not look like Indiana Jones. He looked like the guy on Haunted Mansion that's like, is this room actually stretching? <laughs> he looks like Indiana Jones if you left the DVD cover in like a vat of acid. Maybe then he would look like Indiana Jones. He looks more like Marcus Brody. <laughs> like if we're, <laughs> if we're picking people from Indiana Jones, he's the guy who's like, he got lost in his own museum one time. And it's like, I just followed the spirits here. <laughs> like, I know that. I know this is a bit of a stretch, but I've been thinking about it. He looked a lot like Ron Perlman in A House of Mirrors. Not a movie, A House of Mirrors. If Ron Perlman literally went to a house of mirrors, a fun house, and looked into one of the weird ones that fucked your face all up. See, I I don't see it, but I think that's just because I pictured Ron Perlman from Sons of Anarchy yeah. or Hellboy just in A House of Mirrors. And I was like, what? I don't... What? <laughs> Yeah, this dude, I feel like he lives at every gas station that's like, I wouldn't go up that road. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, that, his, that guy. <laughs> his professional occupation, as listed on his taxes, is Harbinger of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Skills include spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now here's the thing Edna's not a lot better. If you remember from the live show, Edna looks like she's seen ghosts her entire life and hasn't slept a day. Mm-hmm. Like homegirl needs some concealer and some under eye, like little patches so badly. Um, 
they have a number of photos together. And because of the time period, they're all black and white. And all of them look like they should be on the walls of the haunted mansion with their eyes just following you as you go down the line. <laughs> like, it's wild. <laughs> they they look like they're just haunting this religion, not founding it. Yeah, and they were, bo- like, they were born ghosts. You know, yes. they were just... <laughs> From the very beginning. And I think one of the things that makes them look that way is the um, intense bags under their eyes that yes. they just have. They look like they, uh, their eyes always look like they just got back from a shopping spree. Always. Yeah. They, it's, she looks like her head should be in that crystal ball. <laughs> just, you know, crazy hair. Anyway, they get married. He goes to war. He comes back. They have a kid named Donald. Um, Now, for the time, she is incredibly old to be a mother at this time. Um, So I think that's part of why she ends up not having any other children. I think medically it was maybe not very safe for her or they were unsuccessful in attempting. So they only have Donald, um, even though they wanted others. But they've got Donald. Now, at this point, if you believe the St. Germain slash Saint Germain Foundation.org, uh, their origin story is similar to that of Unarius, in that, if you remember from Unarius, that couple met older as well at a psychic convention where they were both having their cards read. Um, in this case, Edna and Guy meet and get married older and then both get super into the occult. Um, But we only have this from reported after they founded the religion, nothing leading up to it. We kind of have to take their word for it. I don't know if that's true or not, but according to them, they were super interested in the occult and theosophy and specifically Helena Blavatsky. Um, You know, because she always comes into this shit. Now, According to what we know about the St. Germain slash St. Germain Foundation, they focus a lot more on the Ascended Masters portion of uh, Blavatsky's, uh, I guess if you want to call it, theology, uh, as opposed to root race theory, hollow moon, etc. They're way more into the accessible part that allows people to con people. Uh, so that's where we're going to be kind of living right now is ascended masters. Now, 15 years into their marriage, super into the occult, super into the ascended masters. And by 1930, they decide to move to California. Now they don't move to normal cult places, California, which is San Francisco or Los Angeles or any number of places in between. Um, rather they moved to Mount Shasta. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Mount Shasta, it's an active volcano. Well, Mm -hmm. not super active, but they monitor it, you know, whatever. Um, and I don't know why they move there, but maybe guy being a mining engineer by trade had something to do with it. We don't know. All we do know is that guy started taking hikes along the foothills of Mount Shasta alone often and he has talked about this and in his writings because he goes on to write a ton of books 
described one of these very unique hikes by saying, quote, It came time for lunch, and I sought a mountain spring for clear cold water. Cup in hand, I bent down to fill it when an electrical current passed through my body from head to foot. I looked around, and directly behind me stood a young man who at first glance seemed to be somebody on a hike like myself. I looked more closely and realized immediately that he was no ordinary person. As this thought passed through my mind, he smiled and addressed me, saying, Brother, if you will hand me your cup, I will give you a much more refreshing drink than spring water. I obeyed, and instantly the cup was filled with a creamy liquid. <laughs> Handing it back to me, he said, Drink it. Mm, well, no. What he said was, Swallow it. Drink it. Swallow, Swallow it. it. Take it off. Say you like it. Uh, it was cum. So- it was fucking cum. It was a fucking cup, f- uh, a hand cup full of cum. Creamy, creamy liquid. Uh, could be a milkshake. Could be a Dr. Pepper shake. Mm, but I the only re- so. the only way it's a Dr. Pepper shake is if that dude's name was Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and there's no water burgers in California, so you know. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, this. Yes. Now I think speculation zone these are only my opinions that i cannot back this up factually (laughs) um my belief is that potentially Mm -hmm. uh he was having an illicit relationship with a member of the same sex and this is the story he came up with to conceal that uh that seems like it might be likely or he just made shit up for fun yeah, this strikes me not necessarily that um, that he was trying to hide a relationship. I think he's just completely oblivious to how fucking kind of <laughs> kind of sexual it sounds, it sounds when he's saying it. You think he was just making up a story and was just like, "What would the liquid be like?" I don't know. Creamy sounds good. Ice cream sounds great right now. Let's love, go with a creamy liquid. I do love creamy. I do love. Yeah, it was creamy, and he made me suck it out of a hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I do think we should pause for a second here to talk about the slide that accompanied this at the live show. Mm-hmm. Um, because I made these slides at three in the morning. Uh, which is how I came to Photoshop a big gulp cup over an adult performer's genitals to look like it was pouring into another man's face Uh, and then sent that photo to Armando and said, do you think this is too much? Wherein that was the first thing Armando woke up to the next morning. Yeah. So (laughs) it it's, um, It's one of the best photoshops I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it was fantastic. But it was one of those things where I woke up severely hungover in the morning. Uh, and I rolled out of bed. And it was the first thing that I saw on my phone. It was the first thing. It was coming, snapping back into consciousness, going, as I do every single morning, looking at my phone and seeing that the fucking big gulp in place of a cock in in, in, in the straw going inside of the mouth of an eager, eager participant. Um, And I just went, yeah, it's pretty funny. (laughs) There it is again. (laughs) Fantastic. I mean, it's, I am, proud of it the veins on the forearm i mean Mm -hmm. 
it's pretty incredible. It is pretty incredible. Uh, yes. So that's that's where we were focusing, and that might have been when that lady took her young child out of the live show. Uh, so, <laughs> oops. Anyway, uh, he claims, guy claims that this the guy. Uh, given him that sweet, sweet, creamy liquid for him to guzzle down and slurp down as much as he wanted to, uh, is a person from history named the Count, either Saint Germain or Saint Germain, depending on how you feel about baguettes. Um, now we got to pause and talk about Saint Germain for a second. Because he's a fucking weird ass dude. Uh, he is a weird fixture in history. I don't know why Guy was either a super into this dude as far as like research because he's obscure or if Guy had just heard of it or if this is all true and he is actually an ascended master and we've been mocking the true way this entire time. One of the three. Anyway, so the the man known as the Count St. Germain was an adventurer from the 1700s who is probably not actually a count. In fact, he used multiple different names throughout his entire life. Uh, the Marquis de Montferrat, Comte de uh, Chevalier Schoenig, Count Weldon, Comte de Sol- Soltikoff, uh, Manuel Doria, Graf Zargozzi, and Prince Rakozzi. Uh, now, there's some debate about who he was and how he lived his life because he seems to have had enough money to be part of upper class society, but no one could definitively pinpoint where he got it or who he was related to or where he came from. And so there have been a number of theories since. Um, The one that I think is most likely that I actually kind of ascribe to is that he is a a Habsburg, uh, somehow related to the Habsburg family, but like not in royal line, but like one of the cousins. On, on the periphery, but as the Habsburgs were falling out of favor in Europe, he starts adopting different names, but that would explain why he has a lot of money and why he's got different names and why he can kind of pass through all of these courtesans and parties and things like that. Now, you seem like you have a question. Not necessarily a question, just like I miss the time, and I've said it multiple times, when you could just be like... Nah, I'm done being Armando Torres. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Call me um the Space Age Salad Bar, and that's just <laughs> my new identity, and no one can refute it because you can't look me up, and there's no records that aren't physically written down in whatever small European village I was born in. I mean, some people have tried to do that. As we know, there's a comic locally in Los Angeles that goes by Valley Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, some people make choices. Um, yeah, yeah. I could I could change my name to, like, um, Creepy Da Comedian or something. But <laughs> I feel like with then an I would... Creepy with an eye. <laughs> yeah, Creepy with an eye. But then I feel like I would be encroaching on uh, Chris D'Elia and his whole brand of comedy. <laughs> Duh, comedian, bro. Uh, <laughs> that's my God, what favorite. A, a that's trash my, human. <laughs> that was my favorite part 
of uh of doing comedy uh for so very very long and i still do comedy and you do too but i feel like this has stopped for the most part is getting nicknames yes getting a friend request from like creeper the comedian (laughs) i i (laughs) i get every couple years a dm from somebody's manager who and, and it's like so and so the comedian or comedian so and so and they're like hey can we get booked to the improv and i'm like that's a different page and i don't even think she books the improv anymore <laughs> and they're yeah. like okay but can we get a weekend i was like why i don't i'm the wrong person like why are you what is happening yeah um, that was the other thing that i miss is clearly people hitting you up as the manager for somebody and it's like yes this is this is clearly you my guy or like this is your spouse or friend who's Mm -hmm. pretending to be a manager um my favorite is there there uh is a comedian who is funny like he's not he's not unfunny but he had the longest one and uh bruce gray hilarious comedian used to greet him with the entire fake name every time and that made me laugh so insanely hard because he would like add dates and stuff where he'd be like, take a picture. He's going to be a star September 30th and 34th at Foxwoods Casino. <laughs> like it was, just, it was way too much. It's so oh, funny to fuck. me. I forgot. I think you're, you're talking about Andre <laughs> Mulligan, right? Yes. Andre Mulligan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. A guy that we knew who's entire his... again, not a bad comedian. No, no, not at all. But just the, had the stage name that was like that boy going to be a star. Take, a picture it's, now while you can andre yeah andre Morgan. take a picture he's gonna be a star yeah mm-hmm. oh my god that's so and great. i will i will never forget bruce gray calling him for an open mic and just being like andre take a picture he's gonna be a star soon mulligan <laughs> i was just like you motherfucker that's the best thing i've ever heard I think there are too few uh, professions where you can just make up a stage name. I think that should be all of them. I think you should be able to work at a Starbucks and have a fucking name tag that says like, uh, Andre, can I get you a latte? I'm going to be a barista mulligan. Hi, I'm a hootie da barista. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite comedian nicknames are the ones that are just like meatball. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> well, uh, we can get back to the story, but I just want to tell uh, one last one because it is my favorite one because it's not a nickname. Uh, but we know a comedian who is arguably one of the funniest comedians that we know working today. Oh, uh, I, yes. <laughs> whose name is Zoltan Kazaz. And it is his real real name. It's his real name. He's not doing a bit. He's just Eastern European. Yes. And, uh, yes. But he he was you know he was born there, uh, raised here his entire life. Doesn't have an accent. Isn't doing a bit. But because his name is Zoltan, Zoltan. Kazaz, people always assume that he's a magician comedian. Yes. Yes. And and are disappointed when he's up there. He's like, so I've got cats. Let's talk about it. <laughs> he's just normal guy and, and they're like, like we should have come next week when dr hoagie was headlining <laughs> i've watched people leave because they were like i thought he was gonna be a fortune teller <laughs> it's so fucking funny <laughs> 
Anyway, only refer to me as Armando, that boy gonna be a star, take a picture, pod, dub podcaster. <laughs> dub uh, podcaster. And I refuse to be uh, addressed by anything else. Please continue, Paige. <laughs> Please call me Sheet Loaf. I'm a female <laughs> meatloaf impersonator. <laughs> <Fuck>. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, oh god oh me and dr hoagie are gonna do morongo next week <laughs> fuck yeah free burgers in the casino anyway <laughs> went anyway uh so the count saint germain uh he take a picture he's gonna be a count um he toward the end of his life started claiming that he was the son of the prince of transylvania which again kind of holds to this like Habsburg-y thing, except for the Prince of Transylvania was only 15 years older than him. So it was kind of like maybe, but it'd be a tough sell, like probably not. Um, he also then claimed to be 500 years old. So maybe he was just nuts too. Uh, but Voltaire, having interacted with him at a number of functions, started to call him the Wonder Man, mm -hmm. uh, which for the time is a crazy nickname. Um, so anyway, the wonder man, uh, gives Guy Ballard a cup of his cream, uh, <laughs> and Guy Ballard becomes convinced that the person that he met on his hike at Mount Shasta is in fact, the count St. Germain and that he is an ascended master. And by extension, because he drank his sweet, sweet cream, <laughs> Guy Ballard is now also an ascended master and that extends to his wife and son. Now, on their website, they have a picture of the Count St. Germain with a quote that I will read to you right now. The quote says, Beloved St. Germain, I have loved you a long time, precious hearts. I have loved you century upon century when you have amused yourselves in the outer world with its insane concepts and appetites of the human desire. I plead with you now to take your freedom while there is yet time. What? Do, that's word salad. <laughs> it's crazy. And right below that is a quote from Ascended Master Jesus who Guy Ballard then is able to channel through the hot, sticky cream of St. Germain. And a quote from Jesus is, remember, these are my words and let no human being on earth doubt it. When I say to you that St. Germain has performed the greatest service ever attempted by one being on earth. And with your continued assistance and the gathering of more of mankind to give the call and the assistance, which he asked for, you will see manifested upon earth the greatest achievement ever known since the second golden age upon earth, quote, Master Jesus. Um, Grand Master Jesus, I would assume. Oh, uh, mm, not sure I love mm. that. Ascended Master Jesus. Uh, anyway, so this is the belief system they start to form is that there are ascended masters and that they are the next conduit because of that hot sticky cream. So guy did the rational thing and quit his job, uh, and changed his name to Godfrey Ray King and wrote a series of books called unveiled mysteries and the magic presence. Uh, and he started giving a speaking tour about the esoteric powers of St. Germain's jizz. Now, he also started to claim that he had been previously reincarnated as Richard the Lionheart 
and George Washington. Remember the George Washington part? That's going to be very important later. Uh, Now, he also at this point starts claiming that his wife and son are accredited messengers for the Ascended Masters, so they also have to change their name and have some reincarnations. So Edna changes her name to Lotus, um, but then changes it further to Lady Master Lotus, which is fucking dope. Yeah, that rocks. That's such a great name. Um, that's up there with Uriel. Like, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> I feel like I heard that Lady Master Lotus was opening up for like, uh, I don't know. Doja Cat? Yeah, yeah Doja absolutely. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was really wild when The weekend produced for Lady Master Lotus. Um, anyway, Lady Master Lotus claims to be the reincarnation of Joan of Arc and Elizabeth I and Benjamin Franklin. That's, Remember that for later. It's yeah, going to be important. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so by 1938, they claim to have a million followers, which, by the way, spoiler, impossible. Uh, they're lying. Uh, they did not have a million followers, um, in part because there's physically no way for them to reach that many people in that amount of time. The internet doesn't exist. They're literally, it is word of mouth and a couple ads in a couple magazines slash newspapers. They're basically counting everyone who believes in theosophy among their followers at the time. At best, a couple hundred. At best. At the time, uh... They're counting all the theosophists, but even within the world of theosophy, they're one of the only people talking about the good word of St. Germain's jizz. Also, no one else in theosophy is like ascended masters, Jesus, Krishna, whoever. And then they're just like, St. Germain, who the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Like, what? what? Are you you talking about St. Germain, duh, comedian? That guy? Comedian? (laughs) It's it's almost if like, if you... (laughs) If you were like, who are the best actors right now? Like, who is the best? At it? Like, you could be like, oh, Paul Dano, like whoever. And then you're just like Ross from Friends. And people are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm talking about that guy who was cab stand owner number two in Spider-Man. I'm talking about the youngest brother on Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> It was just like gone. No, I, he just went to college. Have I told yeah. you my favorite thing that he does? Uh, so every single time that they do like a reunion of the cast of Malcolm in the Middle, he doesn't want to attend because he just wants to be like a normal person. And yes, so he yes. will send in a photograph of himself framed <laughs> right. so that they can hold it for like the pictures and everything. But it makes him look like he's super dead. Super dead, but growing each time. Yeah, and I fuck could love it <laughs> you know who's you know who's an ascended master mclovin <laughs> like that's what this is i also may I have s- i may have talked about it on this podcast before too but did you know the actor who played reese is like uh the head of virgin yes. film yes. production company he, well i know you and i have talked about this i don't know if we talked about it on mic or not but w- you and i have definitely had this conversation yes yeah, yeah i was just like oh man i wonder what reese is up to oh i guess he's fucking yeah. running richard branson's film operations for some reason yeah whatever all right 
Um, anyway, so all the other theosophists at the time were just like, what? Who is he talking about? What is happening? Right. So he starts to try and differentiate himself by referring to his ministry as the I am or the I am activity. If you Google around, you'll see this on their website. You'll see it come up in in articles and everything about them. Now, they also, in digging into Blavatsky and trying to gain followers, they start running with anyone can be an ascended master if you try hard enough. So, but they're the ones controlling how hard you try. So, you know, whatever. Also, they claim that Jesus and St. Germain are best friends Mm -hmm. uh, and that that's why they always talk together. Uh, but then something tragic happened. Guy Ballard died um, of old age <laughs> no! at the time because he was because he was like so seventy eight as uh, thirty eight. He's he's like in his early sixties, which is not that old now, but like at the time was pretty old. Yeah, um, it's also particularly impress- impressive when you realize that looking at him, he was dead for thirty eight years before. That. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, now, because he was kind of a misogynist dick bag, uh, he passed everything on to Donald, uh, his son. Uh, now named Adana Eros Donald Ballard. Uh, But Donald didn't have the same gusto his weird vampire father had had about the religion. Uh, But his mom sure as hell did. Lady Master Lotus was just waiting in the wings to girl boss her way to historical, like, awesomeness. Anyway, so Donald kind of rehashes the stuff his father had done and he's not making up his own stuff. He's just kind of like rehashing. But Lady Master Lotus knew that what really needed to happen in the place that Guy had actually excelled was holding live events where they would spend hours live recording messages from the Ascended Masters. So she starts putting on her own events where she channels both Guy Jesus, St. Germain, Benjamin Franklin, everybody. She is pulling a Uriel without the dresses. Um, But unfortunately, two years later, they would be charged with mail fraud. Now, here's what happened. Uh, Because USPS enters the chat with a vengeance. Uh, Donald, as I mentioned, had kind of been rehashing stuff. Uh, whereas Lady Master Lotus was saying new stuff, but they were selling recordings and publishing books based on the previous writings and then selling them through the mail. But there's a problem with that. A lot of those things were actually written and copyrighted by other people already. Oops. Um, So they were charged, along with other church members, including a woman and her husband who were silent film stars at the time. So they were kind of gathering people. Um, but they end up appealing and winning the case and their conviction gets overturned because they were claiming plagiarism, right? So that's part of why the mail fraud thing gets brought against them. Um, but the source they plagiarized from also claimed to get that information from an ascended master. So the court argued that in order to prove it was plagiarism, you would have to prove that their religion was false. 
because if it came from an ascended master, if their religion is true, then it's not plagiarism. They just both got told the same thing. But if their religion is false, then that means they copied this other person. So because that one piece would have negated or solidified the charge, they dismiss the case because the court argues that it's not for them to decide whether or not someone's religion is true. So this group continues like they go free, but USPS bans them from using the mail until 1954. <laughs> they just like can't even mail letters and shit. Yeah, it's like feels especially at this time like you're just cut off from everybody else now you can't do yes. anything at best you can maybe like netflix it where you're like hey can i buy your mailbox so i can send this to somebody yeah it's and i think that's basically what they do is they have members mail things or other people mail things and that's kind of how they get around it but as a group they could not use the mail for years um now lady master lotus kind of takes over at this point uh, and focuses on those live shows. And she continues to basically record Ascended Masters fan fiction until the day she died in 1971 of just plain old, old age. And you'll remember that she was born in 1886. So, yeah, exactly. So she was super fucking old. She was 80... Five, if I'm doing my math right. Yeah, old for the time. Now, currently, after her death, the group is run by a board of directors and a series of accredited speakers for the masters, and I would classify them as as harmless as Unarius. Like, you can leave anytime you want. You don't have to give them any money necessarily, um, but they do have like you know you can join it's kind of a secret club people wear you know uniforms or whatever but it is you could leave whenever like nobody's being held there it's i don't even think they have a religious exemption <laughs> like it's it's real mild um yeah. can they still can can they send letters again yet they can send letters again oh um, that's big now we looked up the address for their their building in austin and it was the same as a place called let me pull it up uh, make sure I have the name right. Uh, yeah, the Peach Tortilla. Uh, it, it was right on the same basically block as a restaurant. And if you look at the building, it's literally just a house. It's somebody's house, you know, or whatever. So don't go there and hassle them or anything. Um, but they have adapted with technology and have gotten into live streaming um, specifically, if you'll remember the way that Unarius used to do psychodramas where they would make movies and things like that, this group has started doing plays, um, specifically around like the birth and life of Jesus or, uh, the meeting of Guy Ballard and the Ascended Masters. Uh, but more recently they did a specific play for the 4th of July. And some of these are available to watch on their website. I would highly encourage you to do so because it's a wild ride. Um, but Remember when I told you about George Washington and Ben Franklin? The play is basically about how George Washington communicated with the Ascended Masters and Angels to partner with Ben Franklin to make America happen because Ben Franklin is his long-lost life partner through all, all reincarnations. Edna, basically, Edna and Guy, Ben Franklin, and George Washington. 
and together they work to win the Revolutionary War with angels. It's the weirdest, weirdest Hamilton sequel ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's so strange. It's like Hamilton, but if two of them were fucking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I When you said that they were getting into live streams, I really thought it was going to be like, damn, I can't wait to see what Jesus would think of Fortnite. Like, I thought it was going to be cooler than this. Yo, you want to turn in to see Dr. Hoagie, the comedian, play Call of Duty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Christ. We're silly boys. <laughs> but yes, that's it for the Saint Germain Foundation. Unarius part two, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I there is a special place in my heart for these groups that aren't really hurting anybody and are pretty oblivious to the things that make them fucking hilarious. Like the guy, (laughs) again, I don't think the guy was doing anything nefarious. I think he just didn't realize that, uh, like he, how much what he said sounded like he was sucking cum out of a guy. (laughs) And I don't, I don't mean being gay is nefarious, by the way. I just like, I don't think he was cheating on his wife. I don't think he was doing any of this stuff. I think he was just stupid. I think he just didn't realize that the things he said sounded goofy as hell. Uh, But he also comes from a generation who called people named Richard Dick. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, I thank you so much for bringing this both to the live show and to me again. And man, I am going to continue to try to convince you to post the slide that uh, the dirty slide. I um, uh, I because here's the thing: I just don't want that performer to find it and be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You're using my likeness without permission." Um, and I don't want to do that. So. Fair enough. Well, we'll offer them uh, $200 a day rate uh, to so that we can use their image in, <laughs> in perpetuity. perpetuity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if fucking Zaslav can do it, how come I can't do it? Oh, WGA and SAG Strong. Yeah, we fucking support our uh, our friends out there on the picket lines. I've started picketing too, but there's no like industry here in Austin, so I've just been like outside the Alamo Draft House, being like, <laughs> "Support our writers," and they're like, "We do, yeah, we, no, really, we, we totally do, we um, very much do." <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, if you want to find me on social media, you can at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O Does Stuff. Uh, I got a couple of shows coming up. I'm doing some stand-up. I'm doing some improv. Uh, and one of my favorite shows is coming up in uh, in a little bit in August, uh, and it is live Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. We're playing D&D live uh, here in Austin, Texas. You're not going to want to miss it. And if you want all that information, you can follow me at Mondo Does Stuff, M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff, all one word, on Instagram. Uh, that's where I post most of my show dates. Uh, also, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Twitch, all the same stuff. You know, I'm there. I'm on all of them. Mondo does stuff. Same thing. Um, and hey, if you like me and my style of c- comedy and saying stuff, if you like Armando, that boy gonna be a star, the comedian, uh, is I think what I named myself, um, then you should listen to my other show. It's called the Rooster Teeth Podcast. Uh, it's a real fun show. We got sketches. We got goofs we got games it's a fun time you can uh, listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts or you can watch the video version for free on the rooster teeth site cock-a-doodle-doo Ka-ka! 
<laughs> hey, it's your girl Sheet Loaf. I'm here every day. <laughs> uh, I will be roast battling Keith Carey August 17th at Jam in the Van in Culver City. Then for the next two nights, August 18th and 19th, I am at the Madhouse in San Diego. Then September 19th, I'm roast battling again at the Belly Room uh, opponent TBD. And then the 24th, is Horror Virgin Live in Los Angeles, California. Tickets are available currently uh, at Flapper's website. If you go to their calendar and select Horror Virgin, you can find it there. Or if you go to any of Horror Virgin's social media, it is in our link tree. That's the easiest way to go find it. There are a limited amount of tickets total. So buy them early, get your seats secured so that you are assured a seat because there are not infinite seats. Um, So yeah. I love you so much. You can find all of my information about my shows and stuff on Instagram is the best place to catch me at Rampage Wesley. uh, Also on TikTok. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or not. Yeah. If anybody's still on Twitter, it's at Paige Wesley. Anyway, I love you so much. Bye. Yeah. And um, I will be there at the Horror Virgin live show. Not in person, but I will be. uh, What do you call it? Astral projecting. in. Perfect. Um, (laughs) And I'm going to see if somebody will let me FaceTime and hold up the phone the whole time. (laughs) And if you would like to follow us on social media, on Instagram, you can follow us at Colt Podcast or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us one of them newfangled emails if you're if the USPS has cut off your ability to send regular mails uh, to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us plagiarized books or cups of creamy liquid, you could send those to 3756 West <laughs> Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, like, <laughs> like the shining, shining, Los Angeles, California, 9006. Please, please do not get yourself arrested for mail fraud and please do not send us cum. Please. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, you do you, but but don't do that. Uh. No, I cannot say, I cannot say this clear enough. Please, whatever you do, you listening, you sick fucking puppy with the stupid fucked up humor, do not come into a, 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 a some a kind vessel. of a vessel and send it to us at 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K number 237, like The Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. Okay? Do not do this. And yes, wink. I, I wink. Uh, yes, I know that that's the same address for the Sheet Low Fan Club. Mm-hmm. Please don't send Sheet Low Fan Club any of your cum either. Wink. W- wink. Um. And I, I'm going to I mean, if you're going to drink creamy liquids, mm-hmm. I would say do it with a consenting partner who's been tested mm-hmm. and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah.